0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman, and I was banned from this podcast, and I'm not too happy about it. So, fuck these guys. Go to hell. So, here they are. Dr. Fuck and Wadzilla. Enjoy. I know I will, even if they did ban me fucking assholes
1: we are about to gurg your loins it is me dr. fuck
0: with oh yeah the ayatollah alcohol, Ian Wadley. yeah ian how you doing everybody oh i'm doing super duper fantastic
1: yeah well you know one time i was super duper but i don't <laughs> want to talk about that
0: yeah next subject next story yeah we
1: were were having a little conversation and super duper came up but uh (laughs) wow what a great inside story that me and you only get yes uh anyway so uh yeah this week's episode's fucking awesome even though it's a band nobody knows
0: yeah so so we hope you're listening to this i
1: really hope you're listening to our voice now because if you're not you're gonna miss out on one or i'd say probably one of our uh, it really wedges in the ten uh Top 10, top 15. I mean, we have so many amazing episodes that are are on
0: the top list, but this one has to get in there. And I I think it's a little bit of a slow starter, but, oh, my God, by the end, holy shit, you don't want to miss a second of this one.
1: No, no, by the end, like somewhere, not even toward the middle. I mean, you got to remember, the beginning had some yuck yucks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: Because our guest is a... He, he, you know, he's a little rambunctious. He's a little, uh, he's a little uh, combative, as you could say, uh, uh, toward me. <laughs> and you know me, it's like, oh, oh, you want to play with me, huh? Let me, let me just say, anybody that heard the "Slave to the Grind" episode, same vibe, same vibe.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, we like rock and roll. <laughs> oh,
1: don't say that. Don't say that about the the great Scott Green. I love you, Scott. <laughs> uh, can I do my Scott Green impression?
0: <laughs> yeah, that
1: wasn't supposed there, that, to happen. There you go. You did it for me. <laughs> that ain't supposed to happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, miss <laughs> you, Scott. Yeah, Scott rules.
1: Anyway, so uh, yeah, we're gonna do a wild side, uh, and uh, with with uh, Rock and Ron Runyon from uh, yes. Decibel Geek TV. Yes, and uh, he's great, dude. He's like. He's like not your typical guest. He's not even he's not even guest <laughs> material, but it's great. It's like he's awesome without being awesome. You know what I mean? He's not even trying, and he's fucking awesome. Anyways, and you know he was a little nervous, so he got really drunk, and it, it worked. It paid off. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. And uh, but yeah, we'll get into that later. But uh, as of now, Ian, we got any of those iTunes
0: reviews? Yeah, we do have a new iTunes review. Uh, This one comes from Jazz79 Jazz Jazz All that jazz Yeah, yeah That Queen uh, album is, is spotty <laughs> Like most of them Hey hey. Uh, This is a five star review Simply titled Wow Yeah and, Wendy Williams. And, and Jazz79 says And I quote Five Boba Fets out of five Oh, wow. It, it
1: looks like we gurgled his loins. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's I, awesome. and, and I think that's pretty good because everybody loves Boba Fett. Yeah. So What did, uh, what did Boba Fett actually point. do, though? Uh, Boba, he just looked cool. It yeah, was. he just stood around and fell down a hole. He <laughs> was a strong, silent type. Yeah. <laughs> uh, But, hey, short and to the point, it's a five-star review. We'll fucking take it. That's right. Fuck yeah. <laughs>
1: Thank, uh,
0: you. We thank you, Jazz. You. Yes, thank you. All right. Well, now that, that shit's out of the way, let's get to the news. What's going on with the news, Ian? Oh, well, this one is, is fresh off the press. I just fucking uh, refreshed Blabbermouth and this one came up. Good. I haven't been there today, so what's up? Uh, K.K. Downing shocked even himself by his decision to leave Judas Priest. And uh, I think he made the wrong decision. What do you think? Well, reading the book, I mean, it's
1: one-sided, you know, right. but, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. You no, know, you know what? To tell you the truth, even reading his reason for leaving, it was kind of like, uh, really dude, you've been there for that long. You're going to leave for that reason. Cause they wanted him to go back to writing a new EP. He didn't want to do it. And that started the ball rolling of him leaving, but he was unhappy and priest since painkiller.
0: Wow. that yeah, long, he, huh? wanted, he
1: wanted to leave during that area.
0: Wow! Yeah, holy shit! Like, I, like, like, in the middle of painkiller or the aftermath of painkiller?
1: You know what? I'm a little. Uh, my my memories are. I have the worst memory. But I if I think it was before
0: painkiller. Wow! Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess maybe for that unhappy, that's a that's a long time he stayed after being you know miserable.
1: No, and you think about it, like he didn't leave, and then they went into the Ripper era where he had no say. And he's still stuck around. It's odd.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. If you stick around during the Ripper era, and then Rob comes back and everything's fucking roses again. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he, well, yeah he was kind of pissed. He's like, whoa, man, now Rob's leaving. I should have left. Maybe sometimes people stay too long in a bad relationship. I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess they
0: don't. He didn't super-duper love him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I, I just feel bad for him because it seems like he's going through like a real... Uh, financial trouble uh, you know with all the stuff we've talked about previously you know these auctions and yeah. you know doing the book and everything now and it is it is sad to see somebody uh, that, that's brought us that much joy uh, being these kind of dire straits uh, you know this long in the tooth uh, man because this guy you know he should be on the beach living the good life all the joy yeah. he's brought the metalheads all over the world and, a, a pair, you know, and this is just speculation, but it, it kind of looks like he's not doing too good. And I, I want better than that for KK Downing, man. He's he's made my life fucking better.
1: And, I, and I'm going to tell you, man, uh, during the Demolition tour, I snuck backstage. I've never done this before. Uh, this girl I know, uh, she she gave me, a, you know, a little stick-on patch for your shirt. And I just walked right. right in. And, dude, KK Downing couldn't have been... Him and Ripper... Were the nicest Ian was cool right. too. Uh, Scott, Scott, uh, Travis was only interested in banging Eve. I was with Eve. Oh, he, he wanted to bang her. And, I love Eve, yeah. And uh, and Glenn Tipton wasn't very nice, <laughs> he wasn't. Uh, I mean, look, I went up to him to get a picture, right? And if you right. look at the picture I took with Glenn Tipton, he's sitting down and I'm like leaning down toward him, which is fine. Okay, he doesn't want to stand up, but when I say, Oh, Glenn, can I get a picture? He's like, Okay. Like you know, you know, like grumpy. And uh, during the turbo tour, uh Ruben uh, met him and I love that guy. Uh, yeah. And uh, but but Glenn didn't love him. <laughs> he said <laughs> oh, everybody everybody was cool as fuck too, but but Glenn was a dick. So Well All so right. so wait, wait, we didn't get
0: into it. What did, what did exactly did KK say? I don't know. I got, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and read the whole thing while we're doing news. But he, but he, what, he
1: regrets it. it? He's just talking about regretting uh, it?
0: I don't, I don't know if, if he says he regrets it, but he was saying he was shocked. Like, you know, it took a lot to walk away from Judas Priest. Okay. Is, the, is the gist of what I read? And, uh, yeah, I can, I can see that. And, unfortunately, like I said, you know, him, him apparently having these financial problems now. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know how much better they would be. Uh, if he stayed in Priest, but it would be a steady income. And I really think he just... He really lost his ass on this golf course. Now, I know you said in the book he bought it earlier, but I'm wondering if... Yeah, in the 80s. uh, I'm wondering... Because I don't know if I'm getting bad information or if he bought, like, another place or maybe put more money into it. Uh, I I, I don't know, but, uh, you know... Hey, one bad investment can really fuck Yeah, maybe
1: the government's coming down on him, man. What a shame.
0: Yeah, because I know... You know, his his golf course, I believe, is over in Europe. And, you know, they have a lot of problems, you know, with taxes and stuff like that, more than we do. Right. You know, know, we got our own problems over here, but over there, uh, you know, their tax situation, you know, for years and years and years, you know, has driven so many, uh, you know, especially British people uh, to leave Europe, you know, as a tax exile, I mean, exile on Main Street. You know, the Stones did it. Plenty of bands did it, you know. Went record in other places to avoid, you know, a major tax problem. So, who knows? But I, I wish him the best, man. I love KK. Yeah. All right. Well, here's something that I definitely agree with, and I think you will too. Uh, Carmine, a piece. I think he goes by a Yes. Uh, Vinny's apathy. Yeah. Carmine, a piece says uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame should change its name to the Music. Hall of Fame. Oh man, I agree 100%. Yeah, I, I do too. Because well, he, yeah. He's bitched about it. He goes, hey, and, you know, he goes, they got all these rock, rap artists in there now. They got all these pop artists while there's still so many actual rock and roll artists uh, that are ignored. Uh, so he goes, hey, just change your name. Have a little bit more truth in advertising and I wouldn't have a fucking problem with it. Uh, but calling it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and doing all this shit uh, you know, is is some smoke and mirrors. And I agree a thousand percent. I agree too. It's very logical. So, you know, it won't happen. Right. <laughs> Rock
1: and roll hall of fame and logic does not, does not mix oil and water. Ian.
0: Yes. And, uh, God damn it. You know, we can't go through the fucking news. Unfortunately, without bringing up. fucking. Oh my kids. God.
1: <laughs> oh I, my already God. Knew, I already knew you were going to bring up kids. Uh, what, what are they doing? What, what what's up today?
0: Well, t- t- today I- I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to send out some sympathy. Gene Simmons, much beloved, oh yeah, I saw away. that. Yeah, you know and what's
1: weird about that, Ian? Um, what's that? He canceled his, um, he canceled his Las Vegas vault last weekend, and I saw somebody on on Facebook write, "Oh, he canceled it because his mom died." And I went, "Whoa!" So I went on Google, and I saw nothing about it, and then like it's she she died later or I, mean, I i think they didn't announce the day she died because somebody on facebook knew she died last weekend and i didn't see nothing about it now it's coming out she was 92
0: 93
1: 93 look at that
0: yeah God. but uh you know fucking you know even somebody as cold as me uh you know i, I ain't gonna give them no shit there and he was definitely a mama's boy And uh, that's not no, his his mother, man, was a Holocaust survivor, uh, you know, a a single mother who who raised him. And uh, man, by all accounts, you know, he did so much for his beloved mother, man. And uh, my heart goes out to him, man.
1: And she and and she was kind of like unfazed by his popularity, like, oh, mom, you know, I'm making millions. She's like, ah, that's nice, you know, (laughs) she wasn't really like, you know awed by his stardom. She was just, you're a good boy for doing that. Good boy. Oh, (laughs) look at this big-ass mansion. That's nice. You know? (laughs) Well,
0: well, you know, I I guess if you survived the fucking Holocaust.
1: Not only survived the Holocaust, (laughs) the only person to survive the Holocaust Holocaust out of her whole family. Her whole Uh, family was killed. She's the only uh, one that survived. That's rough.
0: Yeah, you you know, so I, I guess, you know, something like that really makes you... Put shit into perspective, you know, and appreciate what you have. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do uh, with how patriotic Gene is and how much he loves this country. Yep. Uh, you know, you know, coming over here and, and what he was afforded by being in an America. And, and he did. He, he lived the American dream uh, through hard work. You know, I'll give Gene that, you know, all the credit in the world. He's, he's worked his ass off, you know, except in the 80s. <laughs> oh, you know, no, he but, was
1: working in the movies his ass off, you know. Right,
0: right. He just wasn't writing too many good songs. Yeah. But uh well, but no, I agree
1: there. Know? But because uh, I did, I don't know if you saw the video. I well, of course, my opinion is very, uh, uh, you know, not popular. But I'd add it up every song from Animalize up to uh, Hot in the Shade, and I like more Gene songs than Paul, but not by much. I think right. I like one more, or two more Gene songs more than the Paul songs I liked during that era where he wasn't really paying attention because the last time we really paid attention to in the 80s was looking It Up
0: right but uh, no I I think that's awesome and that you know that is the American dream and I think you know with all this controversy we got about this caravan and shit you know just because somebody's not white doesn't mean they shouldn't be able to come over here and try to achieve the American dream through hard work you know and uh, and what a success story man and and, uh, yeah, again, my heart goes out, man. Yeah, was, yeah. And
1: a, parent, a nice parents. guy, man. He was
0: really nice to me. He yeah. was nice to you. Oh, oh yeah, I've always said <laughs> was of the nicest member on a kiss. Paul's my favorite, and Paul was so fucking indifferent, you know. He'd probably like me more now, uh, you know, because I got tits. But I don't know. I think he, he likes the ding-dong.
1: No, but he uh, likes tits on guys.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I mean, he was very, like, I was so in awe to meet him, you know. But, you know, Gene was the one that, you know. Really appreciated and you know cared about my well-being and shit. And uh, I'll always remember that. And fucking hey, sorry, Gene.
1: Yeah. Rest in peace, Flora. Right.
0: Flora, yes, Flora Klein.
1: Lived a good long life and and, yeah. and, and very uh, comfortable life.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ninety-three, man. You can't fucking bitch about that. And apparently, uh, she died in her sleep. You yeah, know, there no was, pain. Yeah. Yeah. There was no like. Prolonged illness. I mean, she just went from old age, and you know, we, we should all be so lucky. Uh, you know, to, to to go that way.
1: So. Yeah, right. Like me and you are going to be lucky. That shit's going to be
0: painful. Ian. You, you know <laughs> yeah.
1: It. we it's going to suck when we die.
0: Yeah. Ouch. I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All those knives from other podcasters hitting us in the back.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And all, <laughs> and all those robots that turned on us.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God damn you, Skynet. <laughs> uh all right, well here's uh you know, instead of the music hall of fame, which it should be called, something we can all get behind, the hall of heavy metal history. Hmm. What's what the this? fuck did, yeah, I have no idea, but any drum that you know it. Uh and actually he is. Uh but being inducted this year is Bob Daisley, Lee Kurzlik, Lita Ford, and Dave Ellison. Right on. All, all four people that should be in there. You yeah, know? and uh, I, I I don't know if this is a first annual or a second well, annual.
1: I don't know about that. I know there's some other Hall of Fame that D.O.'s in. and What's that one they have every every year at uh, in California? Like, they give away
0: that skull yeah.
1: thing? Well, this is... Uh, I'm looking at the award. I, I think, think it's like, called the Lemmy Award they give people.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know about this, but it says uh, inductees this year are... Uh, John and Marcia Sazula. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Lita Ford, Mike Portnoy, uh, Dave Ellison, uh and uh, you know uh, Bob and Lee, Jeff Scott Soto, cool, uh, Saxon, yeah, and KLOS Radio. Yeah, you know you can't argue with that one. No, that's something. Uh, you no, know, that's awesome. I'm telling you. Uh, inductees in previous years included Ronnie James Dio Randy Rhodes Lemmy Kilmeister Scorpions Bill Ward Billy Sheehan Jordan Rudis Nick Menza Munzi Ricci Except I mean mean, I'm sorry Except uh, Exodus and many more I I was holding my breath there I was hoping you wouldn't say Coolio Yeah No uh, No Coolio in this one
1: Alright good It sounds legit to me then
0: Yeah So uh, Yeah I'd like to read into that Yeah but uh, there's a, uh, another guy having a bad week this week, and a guy having a real good week this week. Uh, Exodus and Slayer guitarist uh, Gary Holt had to leave the European leg of the Slayer Farewell Tour because his dad's on his deathbed. Yeah, I, I read about that. That's sad. Yeah, and, and that's sad. And taking his place is mm-hmm. Exodus head guitarist Phil Demmel. Yes. So great uh, pick. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, he is more than capable, you know. You heard what he has done with, uh, violence. You know, with violence, with Machine Head. I mean, you know, he, he, he came in after their new metal period, you know. And he came when when a lot of fans consider the resurgence. You know, he played on such albums as uh, From the Ashes and The Blackening, uh, the ones that a lot of people who don't even like Machine Head are like, oh, yeah, that shit. I mean, this guy can fucking play. I mean, even if he was just in violence alone. Uh, yeah, that's you know, how I judge
1: him, by violence. And that is some pummeling thrash.
0: Right. Uh, so I'm glad to see him get the gig. I'm sorry it's under that circumstances. And, uh, you know, again, heart goes out to Gary Holt, who Gary Holt's fucking amazing. And, uh, I got to see him with Slayer, unfortunately, when I saw Exodus open up for King Diamond. Uh, it wasn't uh, yeah. Gary Holt. It was another guy from Heathen. They cool. had like... Yeah, uh, you know, and, and the guy was great. I mean, now you know it was like two heathen. No, to no, talk. no.
1: Oh, it was both heathen because I was about to say. No, yeah, that, guy, that heathen guy's been there all along. Oh, they yeah. got, they brought the other heathen
0: guy. Yeah, yeah, I okay. believe so. Yeah, because I know right. Lee Addis has been with them for a yeah. while. Yeah, and he's amazing. I like heathen. I love that first oh, heathen. Lo-
1: oh man, breaking the silence. Hey, victim yeah. of uh, what was it? Victim of whatever was good too. But yeah, breaking the silence, man. I mentioned Goblin Blade in uh. And Wake Up Small thrives. I throw them a little shout-out in my song, too.
0: Right. Yeah, I've got to get more familiar with the other ones, but I have listened to Break the Silence, that's a damn fine record. I
1: only have only have two. I don't know if they, there's later ones. I never got it.
0: I, I think I have, like, three, maybe four. Uh, you know, I don't know what the lineup situation is, but, yeah, that first one is fucking awesome. All right, well, here's something uh, I thought went away but reared its ugly head again. Uh, Steve Riley has restarted his version of LA Guns. <laughs> really, just him, though, right? <laughs> well, he says there's going to be some former uh, LA Guns members uh, performing with him. Now, I don't know if that's members of the classic lineup, you know, that was on the first three records, or if it's going to be, uh, you know, some later day members, because there've been so many people in LA Guns. How? Steve Riley didn't even play drums on the first album. Yeah,
1: I know. He's just pictured on it.
0: Yeah, because, uh, you know, the original drummer uh, uh, either left or got fired. And, boy, this sure pissed off Tracy Guns because, you know, he's really mad at Steve Riley.
1: Yeah.
0: Said he would never play with him again unless he got millions. And really belittle his drumming, too. He said, look, he's a stock drummer. You know, he's solid, but he's stock. He's like, I've played with some really great drummers. And he's just okay. Um,
1: well, what I've heard of Steve Riley, I'd have to agree. He doesn't do anything like that. He's no Tony Richards. Tony Richards was awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I liked what he did in WASP. And he even admits that the only reason they got him is because he played in WASP. Yeah. You yeah, got a name, yeah. Uh, but, you know, he also, uh, you know, he got, he got you know, some notoriety from WASP, but he also played with Steppenwolf. He played with uh, Blackfoot, I believe. Wow. Before, uh, uh, before joining Wa- uh, Wasp, but uh, you know, it's just like God damn, how many versions are you gonna have? Uh, you know, and what happened was the current Phil Lewis Tracy Guns version of LA Guns was supposed to play, but for whatever reason, canceled. It wasn't, you know, the reason wasn't given. But Steve Riley's like, I'll play. And, you know, let's see who he has. You know, I you know I would love if you had, you know, Mark Cripps and, and uh, Kelly, Kelly Nichols. Kelly Nichols. Yeah, Kelly Nichols play. Because, you know, I know you only like the first album. I love the first three that had, you know, that classic lineup. Finding <laughs> Steve Riley. Oh, I, I love Cocked and Loaded. I love Hollywood Vampires.
1: Hey, you know, you know when they were a brand new band, and, and this is really odd, uh, They played the day after Monsters of Rock, you know, the one with Van Hagar and all that shit. Yeah, right. And Phil Lewis, like, kind of bashed it uh, when I saw it. But what was funny was when I was at the show, I'll never forget this. There was a chick at the show with her back. The side of her back was a tattoo of Kelly Nichols. And they were fairly new. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I brought that up. But it's all guns related, so there
0: you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So, yeah, that's just kind of... I, I don't know, man. Who the fuck are you gonna have singing? You know, because to me, to really get the sound, I mean, the the two main ingredients you gotta have is Tracy Guns and uh, and Phil Lewis. Yeah.
1: Phil Lewis ain't even an original member, really. You know, technically. Right. I mean, he did sing on the first sound, but you know, he was right. fairly new to the band. Right. And uh, right. Tracy but, Guns was a big fan of Girl.
0: Right. And and when but when you think of the band, you think more of. Tracy Guns' guitar sound and and, and Phil Lewis' voice.
1: You know, uh, another little thing I want to bring up about uh, this too. When they were going through all that turmoil, where it was Tracy Gunn's uh, and then the LA Guns with that, I was part of the Metal Sludge Board, and Tracy Guns was on there. His name was Satan's Chicken. And,
0: oh yeah.
1: And I made him laugh one day because, uh, you know, this whole that while that whole controversy, I said, "Hey, hey Tracy, why don't you start a band called Tracy Guns Girl?" And, and he laughed at it And then he said oh, You know what I love that band You know That's why Phil joined us Because I love that girl
0: band So much you know? I, I need to I need to listen to that again I, I, I,
1: I have sheer What's it? Sheer Greed I have that I think that's the, name of the album.
0: I got one of them I, I know that I, I got the one where They do the Kiss cover
1: Yeah you know? yeah That has Hollywood Tease That's on the first Ellie Guns album uh, okay. As I recall I never put on that album That was the only song I liked off it But you know what I haven't heard that album In like 30 years I bought it for like yeah. For like 10 cents in California when I lived there for a while.
0: And, and that's when Phil Collins was in that too, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: Phil Collins was in the band. And there's this other guy called Gary Laffey, who had a, a solo deal and a video on MTV for a little while. Didn't really take off, but he got a lot of good press.
0: Gary Laffey. Here's another funny story. Uh, I, I think this is a, a case of history rewriting itself. Dave Mustaine says of Megadeth's Risk album, that was me capitulating to Marty Freeman's desire to be more of an alternative band. Oh, that's true. Even Marty Freeman admitted that. <clears throat> uh, well, I also re- remember back in this day that even the title uh, was directly referred. Uh, yeah, referred, Lars Ulrich. Yeah, saying they never <coughs> take a risk.
1: Yeah, but no. but yeah, no, but but believe me, I I I read interviews where Marty Freeman said that risk was all his fault. Like you know he was he wanted to leave the band and. Dave kind of, like, compromised uh, for Marty to make an album like that for Marty to stay. And then when it failed, you know, Dave was like, fuck that, we're going back to the heavy, and Marty's like, all right, I'm out,
0: you know? Yeah, I think they're both to blame.
1: Yeah, of course, Dave. Dave's the leader. Come on, yeah, yeah. you know? So. But I guess he was like, you know, I can't lose Marty, I can't lose Marty. Did you see, yeah. I mean, this, like, you know, Dave Mustaine, you know, he's such a cocky prick. He said, uh... He was on his way to Indonesia. Did you see this story? It's fucking hilarious. Uh, uh. He's about to play Indonesia, right? And he's like and he and he walks by the Viper Room one day. And he sees a big poster of Marty Friedman. He's about to play the Viper Room. And he's like, Look at this guy. Playing the Viper Room. I'm about to go to Indonesia. <laughs> it's like <you> know, <laughs> that's his way of saying, Man, this guy fucked up.
0: Man, I, I don't know. And I I just I have such a love hate thing with fucking Mustaine cause,
1: well I oh, don't really hate the guy but he, he does talk out of his ass but he's been talking about his ass since, since the fucking
0: 80s yeah yeah no he's done since the beginning you know I had a girlfriend uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine worked, <laughs> worked in the 80s at a Red Lobster and fucking and Megadeth came in there and, and said he was just the biggest fucking asshole this, uh, you know it really kind of ruined her from you know enjoying Megadeth said he was that much of a fucking prick mm. And you know? when I
1: met him, he was the nicest guy in the world. But I met him when Countdown Extinction was number two on the charts. So he, right. was, he was in a damn good mood. Where Ellison was a complete prick. Really? Yeah, he was a complete wow.
2: prick.
1: He's wow, very nice now. I've met him since. You know, I met him on the motorboat. And he was super nice. But, man, he was. I don't, and, dude, I don't know if he was having a bad day or not. But he was with one hot piece of ass. I don't yeah. know what the hell you got you're mad about. Look at that. Look at what's around <laughs> your arm. Jesus Christ. You know? Yeah. You know he was kind of dickish. Where, you know, Nick was cool. Marty was with a little old Japanese girl, even back then. Right. And they were all cool. I mean, but Dave was the coolest out of all of them.
0: I, I, I love Nick Menza, man. Yeah, I would have loved cool. to party with Nick Menza. I, I was a big fan of his drumming. Uh, you know, he, he's into aliens. I think that's cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, He just always seemed nice to me, man. So so sad. So sad to see him pass, man. Yeah. All right. Well, here's something I'm excited about. King Diamond finally getting off his ass. We have a release date now for Songs of the Dead Live, a DVD Blu-ray set. Uh, And I found out talking to you earlier before the show, I didn't know there's a, a big deluxe box set version of this.
1: Yeah, I ordered it. It cost me 150 bones.
2: Wow! Yeah.
1: Wow! It brings like two vinyls, DVDs, CDs, flyers, and all this crazy other stuff, all stuffed in a box. So I was like, I gotta get this. And I can't. Uh, I mean, I'm. I can hardly afford it, and I had to get it.
2: Yeah,
0: well, I, I'll tell you what, man. I I wish I could. <laughs> I know Christmas time and Grandpa's broke
1: because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm spending money on my son and my granddaughter. Uh, but, you know, I mean, Rush Hemispheres,
2: Oh, I okay. want to
1: get that box so bad, but it's like, ah, uh, that one I know will be around. You right. Because I bought Farewell of King and 2112 box sets way after its release. Right. So, uh, just King Diamond and Smelloblade, I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I not trust it, it. Yeah, it's not going to get as mass produced right. as, as those are. Um, but, man, you know, I've, I've talked about this before. One of the best shows I ever saw made me kick myself in the ass for all the fucking King Diamond tours I missed when I was younger you know because initially you know, I've always talked about this I didn't like him at first and then in the late 90s um, I really got into King Diamond and Merciful Faith and but still you know by then he was touring much more you know sporadically but you know I even I was thinking about this like yeah should I go it was on a school night uh, but I went with a, with a friend of mine who was, you know, a huge fucking King Diamond fan. And just one of the best shows I've ever seen it was fucking mind-blowing. The stage set, his performance, every, everything was top tier. So I've been waiting for this motherfucker because he already announced on that tour that he was recording it. You know, and that was 2015. Now it's finally coming out. I can't wait to get this. You know what
1: sucks, though? This happened about 10 years ago and maybe even more. He took forever to release to, to make a Merciful Fate DVD, and in the end, it never worked
0: out. Yeah, I was going to say, what? I, I don't remember a Merciful Fate DVD. Yeah, it
1: was a Merciful Fate. He was working on all this footage he had a Merciful Fate, but it turned out that they couldn't fix it or the audio or something, and, and they ended up scrapping it. But I'm telling you, dude, I kept reading this news on Blabbermouth. Maybe it was over 10 years, maybe like 15 years ago. Uh, he kept talking about it. Yeah, we're working on this. and We're gonna, you know, release a special *Merciful Fate* DVD of all the footage from the '80s and stuff. And it never panned out. So, I mean, and then when this shit was going on, I was like, "Boy, this guy takes forever to do a DVD."
0: You know? Yeah. Well, I think we've yapped enough about the uh, about the news, man. Let's get into this spectacular episode. And I am implore uh, to all all of our fans that are listening. Spread the word about how good this episode you're about to hear is because I know a lot of people probably at first glance will pass on this episode because either you never heard of this band. And, and Decibel Geek does get mentioned 357 times in this episode. 56. One last oh. Oh, oh, okay. I'm, a, I'm an exaggerator.
1: <laughs> Everybody, it's a game. Drink every time this guy brings up uh, Decibel Geek.
0: Or does a line of cocaine. Oh, boy. I, I stand by it. This guy was zooted.
2: Man, yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> man. I mean, uh, it, it was
0: either that or
1: he was breathing out of that oxygen mask like the Dennis uh, Dennis Hopper and Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah. I notice uh, like every time. <gasps> mommy, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Here's Wild Side with and Ron Runyon. All right, now it's time for the review. This came out, and who gives a fuck? Hey, Ian, <laughs> who is with
0: us this week? Oh, my God. This is going to be classic. We have Rockin' Ron Runyon yeah. with us from Decibel Geek Podcast. And uh, Ron's an awesome man. We've hung out with him at uh, Rock and Pod Expo 1 and 2. And I was looking forward to this slash, like, uh You know, because I knew I didn't know this album. I know Ralph, of course, didn't know this album. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what he picked to come on our show? Oh, boy. But I knew it had the makings of a great episode, and Ron's a killer guy, so uh, I know this is all going to work out, right?
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, I also want to say that I hung out with Ron in Miami.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: hey, Hey, Ron, you
0: there?
2: No, I hung. you hung out with me. Oh, nice.
1: Hey, hey.
2: He was my, trying to get favors. <laughs> I like it already.
1: My ego is not amused. So how you doing, Ron?
2: He was trying to get in my back door.
1: Oh, oh look at Ron. Ron's fucking with me. Okay, I was going to be nice to Ron. Fuck him now. We're going to take a ride on the wild side, Ron. <laughs> hey, take it outside. Take it outside. Don't give me some, none of that fucking razzmatazz.
2: I'm going to start saying bad words. Keep talking <laughs> with me.
1: I'm going to make you cry tough before this shit's over.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, dude. So, anyway, uh, Ron. Wrong
2: fucking group.
1: Ron, <laughs> Ron, me and Ian, we discovered this album last week. Tell us how you discovered this.
2: All right, well... I actually discovered this pretty much as soon as it came out. I remember hearing one of the singles, I can't remember which one, on the radio, and blew me away and went right out and picked up the album and loved the whole album. And the thing is, this this album, is a uh, well let's say a, a bad timing album it uh, came out in 1992 in May and uh, so it come out in between Appetite for Destruction and six months before Nirvana's Nevermind so it was one of those albums that was for the time, but uh, was bad timing because, of course, we all know that Nirvana changed the whole fucking world when uh, their album came out.
1: Freaking, freaking, not fucking.
2: Oh, that's right. I can't say bad words. No, motherfucker.
0: <laughs> Stay on course. <laughs> <sighs> Now, do you know somebody from this band,
2: right? Well, of course, I didn't at the time, but uh, since then, working for Decibel Geek, uh, they did uh, get together again uh, about three years ago, two or three years ago, and uh, did a show here in Denver and uh, was lucky enough to... To be able to go to the show and uh, meet with the guys and uh, got to know them real well and have been good friends with them ever since. Awesome.
1: Out of all the members of the band, which one makes you come the quickest?
2: Oh, that would definitely be Drew. <laughs>
0: you feel no teeth on that? Drew is a pretty motherfucker. He looks like David Lee Roth and Greg Jaffier had a kid. Yeah. And it was
2: raised by Greg Evigan.
1: He drew the cum out of Ron's balls.
2: <laughs> now, uh, do you he know- is—he's—he's he's on the top of my wife's must-do list.
0: Uh, now, do you know why the original rhythm guitar player? the Only guy not involved. Do you know why is he's he not, not with, with him? Him? Suck Dick? Was yes, you I did. do.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what, why is he not with them?
2: You want me to get into that yeah. now?
0: Or I mean, it, yeah, sure
2: okay well the other story on this group is that uh, when I did meet with them and I did uh, did some videos on Decibel Geek TV of their live show and uh, also wrote up a review on uh, DecibelGeek.com which was my first uh, concert review right up on there and I uh, when I did that, I was also going on to the Wildside Facebook page, which at the time was the only Facebook page for Wildside.
0: Shit, they have more than one? Shit, they can <laughs> afford Facebook? They do. <laughs> Shit, we only got one page. What are we
2: doing wrong? <laughs> well, then. Uh after I did the the review on there and that I get a phone call from the guitarist Brent Woods and uh, calls me at work when I'm driving and uh, starts going off on me wanting to know if I seen all the shit that was put on the comments and of course whenever I put anything up for Decibel Geek TV or anything else, I share it in about 50 different places. So I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. And it turns out that the original rhythm guitarist was uh, Benny Rindance. And uh, he has been a recluse ever since uh, 92 or 93 or something at the time when the band had fired him. And allegedly, he was uh, embezzling from the band. And uh, and then he ended up uh, uh, starting up the Wild Side Facebook page, and he was running that. On his own without their consent or anything else, and uh, doing his thing kind of a well, let's say kind of an Andrew Jacobs kind of thing.
0: Well, in his, in his <laughs> defense, how do you split a nickel? You know? <laughs> what do they do? Take most of Doritos? <laughs>
2: Well, then he ended up making a bunch of shitty comments on the uh, the review and stuff like that. And then uh, they, they pretty much told me the story that once he was fired, he was never heard from again. And uh, then he started doing stuff on his own without their consent or anything else, including... Doing up uh, merchandise like shirts and stuff like that.
0: Does he have his own version of Wild Side? Like, you know, there's five different rats and <laughs> LA guns and shit.
2: No, he's uh, as far as I know a complete recluse. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a uh, profile picture, Facebook thing,
0: or uh, well,
1: you can't really it, call it a
0: recluse if nobody's looking for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah,
0: it's like calling Andrew Jacobs a recluse. Yeah, yeah. Just nobody's going, hey, where's he at?
2: (laughs) Well, the difference with Jacobs, he actually does have a profile pic, so you know what he looks like. Nobody knows what this guy looks like.
0: Oh, no, he can't look like that, because if he did, he'd never put that picture up on the Internet.
2: (laughs) That's got to be a goof.
0: Uh now, now, who's that hot chick they got playing for guitar with them Now, is she pretty young though?
2: Is that one of their daughters or something? She's a cutie. I, I don't know what the exact story is, but uh, I'm thinking either uh, it, she's she's good friends with uh, Brent Woods, and his parent or her parents are good friends with him and uh, so there's some kind of uh, friendship thing there her name is Lexi Lynn Fraser, and she's uh, she does a lot of stuff on her own she's a pretty damn good guitarist but that was part of what uh, Benny was making comments about that this young girl was playing guitar for him in a bar with a bunch of old guys and uh speculating that uh you know people were perving over everything (laughs) well it
0: was kind of true if you see the video it is a bunch of old guys and you see one guy like filming it with his phone and then you see another old guy next to him And he's trying to film it with a phone, but it's like an old phone, like a rotary dial thing, and he's just holding it up. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how those things take pictures, and I don't think this guy did either. But, uh, no, I I love this shout-out. The lead singer said, uh, I want y'all to sing along, all 75 of you. Wow, that many? (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Well, that's including the staff. The bartender. You know, know, they're probably uh, listening now,
1: getting really pissed at us, Ian.
0: No, hey, no, I, I'm just getting ready to say, I thought they sounded really okay. good. I thought, I, I thought they sounded really good. I was impressed. I didn't know what to, uh, what to expect because I, you know, I saw that it was a newer show. I was like, hmm, let's see how this shit aged. And uh, I thought it sounded really fucking good. I was impressed, and uh, I thought it was some great camera work by the great Rock and Ron Ryan. So, <laughs> what go? I liked the. Video
1: what what label were they on, uh, Ron?
0: Oh, uh... they were on Capitol. Wow. I'll answer for them. They were on Capitol. Impressive. Yeah.
2: That's cool. All right, you got better notes than me, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and also like uh, another kind of, ooh, Hoi Polloi kind of thing. They were the first band, other than Van Halen, to record at Fifty One Fifty Studios.
1: I never even yeah. Knew, and Andy, uh, any bands recorded there, but Van Halen.
0: I did not know that either. And and they had Andy Johns produce wow. this. Wow. Yeah, so that's kind of big. And Capital really thought these guys were going to break. They, uh, you know, this is supposed to be a big deal. Because they had been touring the club circuit for a few years before. The, I think they started, like, like, 88, started playing the clubs around L.A. And they had a good following, and Capital really believed in them. But, you know, like Ron was saying earlier, you know, the timing... Of this coming out, man. If this would have came out, I would say three or four years earlier. They, they, they might have, you know, they might have been alongside some warrants and skid Rose, you know, but not in '92.
2: Well, I think even if it would have come out two years earlier, because Appetite for Destruction came out in '89. 80, eighty-seven. 87. Oh, you know, was it eighty-seven? Broken I'm like about,
0: eighty-eight,
2: yeah. though. Yeah, but it came out. Well, that's true. Yeah, it took a long time for it to break but when it really got popular it was 88, 89 and uh, these guys were were coming off of the Sunset Strip when I think a lot of the, the music industry and that was still looking at the Sunset Strip and Hollywood and that to get their bands and I think this band is a reflection of the time because, to me, this is a, a cross between uh, Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses, because it's, it's gritty and dirty and has a lot of the elements of Sunset Strip and that in it, and uh, you know, like Skid Row reminds me a lot of Skid Row, Guns N' Roses, And that, along the time of 89, 90, and uh, just what sucked is, uh, yeah, it came out six months before Nirvana. And so by the time they started uh, getting any kind of airplay and uh, any chance for this record to take off, then the whole musical climate changed.
0: Uh, all right, Ralph. Did you did you even hear of these yes, guys? Yes, I do remember. Out? You
1: know? I believe they had a video for "Hang On Lucy," maybe. Because uh, that that sounds familiar. "Hang On Lucy," I do remember Wildside. You know, because back then I, I remember them being on uh, Metal Edge magazine. You know, that to me they they were like you all know right. a Shark Island. I knew them, but I didn't know their music. Because uh, they look like you know a lot of bands at the time, but Rock and Ron was saying that it has that vibe of appetite for destruction. So, Ian, you sent me the wrong CD, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know um, I do remember them, but and I must have seen the video because I remember a video. It could have been another song. I don't know. It was on Headbangers Ball, but uh,
2: um, I I believe there was. There was, there's definitely a video for "Hang On, Lucy."
0: There was three videos okay. from this album.
2: Yeah, I think "How Many Lies." Yeah, was another one, but and, at that point, it they weren't being played that well. Yeah, but I can't remember the song I heard on the radio was either "Hang On, Lucy" or "How Many Lies." One did of they those two. This
1: is
0: Brownstone. But, <laughs> what was
2: the third one?
0: Uh, the third, third one, Just Another Night. They had a video for that as well. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I remember seeing ads for them, like in Metal Edge. I don't recall ever seeing a video. I don't recall ever, uh, you know, hearing it on the radio. That's for damn sure. But I do remember ads because this album cover stuck out because I think it's such a horrible fucking album cover. And I, to, I think that the name is fucking like nice. We're wild side. You know, why don't you call yourself, we're home sweet home. You, you know, I, it's such a generic name. And then I saw the picture. And around this time, my beloved cock rock, which, you, you know, I prior to this, you know, I mean, shit, this came out after Use Your Illusions 1 and 2, for Christ's sake. Um, but my beloved cockrock was turning into shit like fucking Trickster. And tough, and danger, danger, and shit like that. And the pictures I recall seeing of these guys, they look just that fucking pretty. (laughs) So I was like, "Oh god, this has got to suck. There's no way this is good. You know, there's there's no there's no chance that this is fucking any good." And I kind of forgot about them. To me, they were like a Roxy Blue, (laughs) you know, or some shit like that. That I didn't listen to that shit either. Uh, so when Ron recommended this, I'm like, "Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me!" That one with the little girl by the pool.
1: <laughs> I gotta, I like, gotta look oh, up this shit. album. What's the name of the
0: album? Under, Under the, the Influence. Album. Keep talking. Yeah, it's very, very Ted Nugent. Uh, there's like a nine-year-old girl standing by a pool, dressed up like she's uh you know, like she's 35. And then it's, a little, the,
2: it's the Van Halen baby grown up a little bit. The
1: Van Halen baby was a
0: boy. Yeah, but this.
2: Yeah, he was still smoking cigarettes. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a little girl <laughs> smoking a cigarette, and there's a little like Hugh Hefner boy on the other side of the pool, sit there like in a raincoat, like he's gonna I'm jerk looking off at it now, and it's, <laughs> it's extremely disturbing.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Yeah.
1: It looks uh, like a, so, a, a, a clip of uh, what the guitarist of Manowar got fucking arrested for. Yeah. It looks like it yeah, looks like so Roger was, Killers with a bikini on. The Scorpions album
2: cover. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't defend the album cover. Right?
0: So I, I was like, Ron's going to fucking hate us when we review this shit because we're going to rip it apart. And, you know, it, it took Ron, I feel, a little bit to, to warm up to us. You know, I, I think we, we we won Ron over when we went to McDonald's together. And had I, and...
2: I haven't warmed up to you yet. Oh, shit. I take that back when I saw you in that dress at Rockin' Pod. I. <laughs> I was wanting to warm up to you at that point.
0: <laughs> Why don't we let you, Ron, since you're a special guest, take the first song, Hang On Lucy.
2: Oh, man. Uh, well, as I said, I this is reminiscent to me of the Appetite for Destruction.
0: Ron, have you ever heard Appetite for <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 I, I think you heard well, Appetite for Plagiarism. <laughs> you got confused.
2: The riff on it and the opening, it just does remind me of Appetite with Welcome to the Jungle, with the the police sirens and the you know all the the street noises going on in that, and then it it starts banging into a, a riff that I think sounds similar to. Uh, Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. It, was, it just at the time it come out, it was it was nasty, dirty, Sunset Strip type of Guns and Roses. You know the lyrics was, uh, you know, of course, "Hang on, Lucy" is talking about a prostitute on the Sunset Strip and forty-five bucks a fuck tonight and that and at the time you know the the lyrics and that you know you he wasn't hearing a whole lot of that shit
0: and ralph what what'd you think of it uh, i like the
1: opening with the siren and uh the riff is cool uh it, it to me it's got this acdc-ish vibe to that riff and uh the verse is really hair bandish uh vibe that i usually hate but i actually dig it here you know the chorus is not as good but It does not drag it down, and, you know, the flow is good. I dig the guitar solo. I think this guy's a good guitar player. Uh, It's a good song. I like it. I actually like this song. What do you think, Ian?
0: Uh, Holy shit, this doesn't suck. Uh, (laughs) I I was really surprised. I was full on waiting to hate this. Uh, Now, there's nothing new here. I don't know if it reminds me of Appetite for Destruction, but it reminds me of a band that listened to Appetite for Destruction uh, <laughs> that influenced them. Uh, the singer here is not too bad. To me, he's kind of in between uh, Mark Slaughter, like like a heavier Mark Slaughter, but not as raspy as Jason McMaster from Dangerous Toys. He has a serviceable voice, uh, but musically, there's there's nothing here that I haven't heard of a million times. I mean, this reminds me of, like, L.A. Guns and and shit like that, and I love that shit. So, uh, I I mean, if you're gonna go that route, you know, I'm very happy. It it definitely is more, you know, sleaze rock than, you know, crap like Danger Danger Tough, you know? It's not that fucking sissy. And that's what I was expecting, some real sissy shit. Um, But this is just good rock. I I mean, again, you know... they didn't invent no wheel here, but uh, a lot better than a lot of other shit that was out. It, to me, this is way late in the game. Uh, a lot of the stuff that it's influenced by third time's already come and gone. You know, you already had you know bands that inspired them like uh, L.A. Guns, putting out stuff that nobody was buying by '92. Because, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, shit, User Illusions was 91, and shit was already dying then. So, this is really late to the game. Uh, But, yeah, I got to say, man, I dig it. And uh, let's see if they can keep it up. I'll take the next one. So far away. Uh, Melodic. They definitely got their docking going on in this one. Uh, I can hear a little bit of, you know, George Lynch shit going on, you know, in the guitar. But I gotta say, I dig it. Two for two. This is a good song. What do you think, Ron?
2: You there, you there, Ron. Oh, did you say Ron or Ralph? No, Ron. You gotta get the dick out of your mouth.
0: Oh. Okay, we'll ask your mom to leave then.
2: <laughs> uh, so far away. Uh I like it. Um Spoiler alert, of course I like everything on this album. There's just some that I like more than others and I'll be honest about it. So Far Away is uh, to me almost a ballad but gritty enough not to be a ballad. But it's it's good, but it's, uh, you know, it doesn't really stand out to me. It's not one of my favorite songs on there.
0: Fair enough, fair enough.
2: Well, no, I don't like things.
0: this one.
1: It just doesn't, it doesn't grab yeah. me. So many bands were doing things like this and, you know, and far worse, really. You know, I do like I said on the first track, I dig the guitar playing, uh, on this song and I, I, I dig this guitar player, but yeah, the song is like whatever, but, uh. I'll take the next one. Monkey see, monkey do. Okay, here they really lost me. Uh, <laughs> now, this reminds me of, you know, the bad of the hair farmers, uh, you know, the hair farmer ba- you know, band by numbers, and, you know, I-, I give this one a definite thumbs down. Mi no me What do you think, Ron Ian? Ian Ron? Confuse you both. <laughs>
2: I thought you said Ron. I thought you said Ian. <laughs> All right. Monkey see, monkey do. I like <laughs> this one. <Yeah. laughs> it's not a, not a favorite. I like the more rocking songs on here. And, uh, again, this one, uh, a little bit more catchy than the so far away. Uh, I like the the theme of uh, you know girls coming to Hollywood and trying to follow the trends and and do what everybody else is doing to get popular and that and so it was it was relatable and and you know not bad. I like it. And just a just note, uh, you talk about the guitar player. Brent Woods is actually the only guy that stayed in the music business. And uh, he has been in numerous bands. But uh, right now, he is the guitar player for Sebastian Bach and has been for years.
1: He has, like, the same... Isn't, isn't the drummer of Union have the same name, or am I confusing... Because that, that name sounds familiar, Brent, Brent Woods. Isn't that the drummer of Union has the same name?
0: Uh, Bre- Maybe Brent something. But uh, Brent Woods went on to play with Vince Neil, too. He played on Exposed.
1: Oh, he's the rhythm guitar player on that? Okay, I know yeah. who he is now.
2: Long blonde Yeah, hair. Right. Actually, when, when Wildside broke up, unfortunately, before they even got to do another album... Which there was a, a second album put out a couple years later called The Wasted Years that uh, had some of their songs that they were well, getting ready for for the next album. But uh, Brent Woods had already left at that point and joined the Vince Neil project.
0: Right. Well, they actually put out three albums. They have a subtitle that was released in 95 and Wasted Years was finally released in two thousand four, so they put they put out a couple. But yeah, Brent Woods, man, good guitar player. But Monkey See, Monkey Do. Uh, this shit was about you know the AIDS epidemic and fucking monkeys. Uh, I like the way it starts out. It, re- it reminds me of uh, You're the only hell your mom ever raised by Warren. But then all of a sudden, who is that Bobby Doll on bass? You know, I, I kind of. What's got you so jumpy? <laughs> but then the then the song kicks in, and I'm like, holy shit, this is where I school you both. This is time for my favorite song. Yeah, you all
1: need to do some
0: butt play, for real.
1: <laughs>
0: what do you mean start? Well, start again. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I, I dig it, man. It's totally up in time, but man, it put a smile on my face. And it reminded me of what I missed about this no, so era. You know what, I mean, here. yeah, <laughs> no, that song's coming up. Um, but, uh, no, it reminds me of, the, you know, the shit I listened to a few years earlier. You know, the cock rock I came up on. And just, you know, we always talk about shit being of the time. And, you know, me, you know, getting my license and driving around with my Alpine pullout CD player and shit and shit. You know, the kind of cock rock I was listening to where everything was (laughs) about banging chicks and shit like that. It was none of this, oh, you know, Jeremy, you know, went shit in school today. You know, and my daddy fucked me, you know, it was all about fucking chicks and stuff. It was just fun. So I'm at it right now, three songs in a row, I just fucking dig. And I'm like, you know what, this might be like a totally fucking awesome album. Then the next song
2: comes
0: (laughs) Holy fucking shit. Oh, what a fucking piece of crap. Just another night. And uh, it's just another obligatory fucking ballad that you can tell just like, oh, we have to have the ballad. Uh, What a piece of shit. This is the stuff that really killed fucking the Cock Rock era. It, It was this mistake of let's play up to the girls. And that should be a lesson to any band. If you want any kind of longevity, don't play to the girls. Because they are the most fickle fucking fans ever. You know, because they'll grow up and they'll find somebody else they have a crush on. Or, you know, you'll go bald or fat or something and they don't think you're pretty no more and they don't buy your records. Where if you get the guys, guys are fucking loyal. Dogs are fucking loyal. But this shit is strictly for the women, strictly... Hey, let's do that old tried and true ballad shit. But nobody gave a fuck by 92 because none of the ballads were any good. It was all, you know, stock shit. This is a horrible, horrible fucking song.
1: I don't know, Ralph, do you like it? Uh, <laughs> you know what? Um, I'd rather have a, you know, Ron said earlier he likes every song on this album. So let's hear this pip- pickle smoker talk about it uh, before I go into it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right. I said that I I like every song on this album in that I can tolerate it. I don't skip stuff. Uh, I can listen to it front to back. But I'm not a ballad guy. And yeah! So, so as far you as... You like
1: this song because you're like ballad. a ballad girl.
2: <laughs> well, the, the one thing I can say about... As I said, this... This is an album of the time, and yeah, <laughs> what was what was hitting was the power ballads, and at, or at least you know was at the time, or they were late to the party, so to well, speak, as well, as hit, ben hit, said hit, that hit it was button. at that time. But uh, one thing I can say about the ballads on this album. Is that they're not love songs because you will notice that you know everything is is pretty much about breaking up and just another night is is an example of that because uh,
0: this is about the record company breaking up with them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and to to speak of my time on uh, at the time that this came out and i picked this up i was going through a divorce and so that's where a lot of this spoke to me in in uh, uh, you know going through a breakup and being angry and pissed off at your old lady and and, and that's what a lot of these songs were about was was breaking up and you know, uh, girls uh, cheating on you and fucking around and and that. So, did you guys break up because you kept playing shit like this? <laughs> no, it was because I played shit like poison.
0: <laughs> What's the
2: difference?
0: Marcus Welby. <laughs>
2: Rath, what do you think uh, of this turn?
1: The dreaded power ballad <laughs> with the My Mending Heart in the lyrics ron what are you talking about Well, most power ballads are like "Ooh, baby i miss you and i want you back oh baby i remember how good we had it i miss you yeah, yeah this hasn't been done a jillion times already right ian
0: yeah yeah no no ballad is like hey things yeah, are going great exactly
1: there's not there's <laughs> not a ballad saying hey baby you know this is fucking awesome and it's awesome that our marriage is already 50 years in <laughs> you know still love you honey I can't wait to see you since I've been seeing you for the last 40 years. Every fucking day. I still love you like the first day. There's no ballad like that, okay? Uh, you, know, you know, with this fucking, you know, uh, oh, I'm depressed. And, you know, just give me one more night. Uh, but then tomorrow he'll start singing this fucking song again that he needs to see her again. You know, uh, Fuck, fucking, the bitch hurt the guy and he still wants to see her.
0: Oh, man. This does remind me of Guns N' Roses because you gotta have patience yeah, to make it through this fucking exactly. song. And heroin,
1: <laughs> like crack cocaine, like Steven Adler, man. You gotta be Steven Adler to listen to this shit. Oh my god, this shit is terrible. Let me take this song gave him a stroke. <laughs> shit. Uh, uh, oh, let me take the next one. Oh, I- I've never said these three words ever in my life, and I'm about to say it. Looks like love. It's like hey, hey dude, what's that over there? Looks like love.
0: <laughs> what's that on your Looks chin? Looks like love.
1: Oh my god, man. The title sounds like, you know, the title sounds like it's going to be a ballad, uh, but it's not. But it, it might as well be, you know, with that fluffy and bunny riff, uh, you know, and that that I want to be by my side girl fucking bullshit lyrics. You know, this was pussy mag- magnet music, you know. Uh, you know way back then now it's soccer mom pussy magnet music you know <laughs> this will turn on all these women that that their husbands you know dumped them you know you know you know be- before they dumped them you know they were together like you know fucking singing and listening to fucking fluffy shit like this you know i need you by my side now that husband's saying i i need half my shit back bitch
0: <laughs>
1: i don't like it ron what do you think
2: well i'll agree this looks like shit because uh, this is my least favorite cut on the album what and, uh, this, this is just a throwaway to me if I didn't care for this one I'll still listen to it I still like it or I can tolerate it but it is my least favorite
1: Yeah, you're a unique dude bro I don't like it, but I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't like it, but these guys are my friends. And, you know, I, <laughs> so I, I, like can't, I can't help I don't like it, but, you know, I can't help it. It does look like love.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, man, and the funny thing about this song is I'm doing my notes for this album, and I realized as I'm writing the numbers and marking, I was like, wait a minute. There's no track five. I was like, what the fuck? So I'm looking in my folder, and sure enough, there's no track five. So I looked up the album. I was like, oh, shit, there's a song called Looks Like Love that's not on my copy. Yeah, because the cause, copy you, know, you I got,
1: got, the guy fucking took it out of there because it sucks. <laughs> but,
0: uh, the copy I got from Mr. X, it was missing. So, yeah, it looks like I got to so delete I, the song. I, I, I found it on YouTube, and I called Ralph. I was like, holy shit, I'm missing the song. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no, I got to listen to another one. <laughs> and uh, and Rob kind of stole my, my my thunder and my joke because I was gonna put I well actually in my notes I said looks like love but it sounds like shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and I, I mean I wouldn't call this one a ballad it's just it's a pop song but uh man it's really hokey and jokey and you know these guys can do better than this to me this is them uh trying to fit in more than go with what they know, you know, uh, because from what I've heard already, I know they can do better, but, you know, what they were copying at the time, yeah, a lot of bands put out shit like this, not a fan, I'll take the next one, a little play on words called Latin Sin, Uh, um, I think this motherfucker, Uh. At first, I was like, "Ah, shit, another slow one." But then it kicks in, and then it's kind of <laughs> groovy, dirty rocker. This is the longest track on the album. Um, I dig it. I dig it. I think this. I think this much better represents this band than uh, "Looks Like Love." What do you think, Ralph? Ah,
1: oh, Lad and Sin, Lad. What the fuck, man? <laughs> lad, Laddie, Laddie. Uh, but you know what, aside from that This song is fucking awesome uh, I'm sorry Ian I was taking a piss when you, did you like it? Yeah, yeah dude, Now we're it. back in track This has a killer groove Awesome vocal delivery And it reminds me a lot of Dokken Musically, like you know The Dokken killer, the kickass docking songs I like I I, I I think this is the best song so far On the album, Sin is Pretty fucking awesome what do
2: you think, Ron? And I completely agree with you. This is my favorite song on the album. I I think this is just fucking epic. It just has that epic feel as as Ian said. You know, it it starts off slow and then goes right into it and the I noticed that on a lot of these songs, they were they did a lot of that where they they would go slow and then build it up and and kick it in. And this one definitely did that. And then I love the the uh where they slow it down again in the middle and do the build up and then awesome guitar solo by Brent on that. And uh, if you see the uh Decibel Geek TV live video of this. It, it was just it kicked ass in concert and was was awesome with the the, uh, the young girl there and and Brent playing off of each other and and that, just cool. uh, yeah. Well, she was 16 at the time, so get your fucking mind out yeah, of the gutter. I, I'm not They're... the one that's
1: seen the girl. I'm not the one that you know Ian went hunting for. I haven't seen her yet, so I'm 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 a.
0: You had to say yeah, that,
1: huh? Yeah, what look, a boner look, killer. Jury's out on me, bro. I haven't seen the girl yet, so you know.
2: <laughs>
1: and I didn't know. Well, I didn't, she is I didn't a... know She was 16 either. Yeah, you know, she I have is said that before. Now, but <laughs> there were situations, Ron, where I said the same thing. I didn't know she was 16.
2: Well, she's 18 now, but you'd still have to—you'd have to deal with Brent on that. And I know the fucker; I wouldn't want to deal well, with him.
1: I gotta see her first before if I want to deal with him or not. <laughs> but anyway, uh, all right, it's cool. Uh, uh, let me take this next one. "Drunken Man Lies," was it called? "Drunken Man's Drunken Blues." "Drunken Man's Blues." The mandatory look at—look at me. We got cred because we play the blues. Something that, I don't know, I guess i blame Cinderella for, maybe? Uh, with the intro to, you know, Long Call Winner, how, you know, all these hair bands started, like, hey, look, now, you know, you make fun of us because we wrote kick-ass songs like Somebody Saved Me, Nothing For Nothing, and Night Songs. But look, we're going to do fucking The Blues because, you know, we want some cred from, from uh, aside from being a kick-ass band that look fruity. But you know me, I've talked about this till I'm Dueling the Fence, With all this blues bullshit. But Ron, what do you think of this little intro, Drunken Man Blues?
2: Actually, I have to pass on this one because I don't even have this on my my, uh, iPod playlist of this album. That's how much I don't care for this instrumental bullshit, just, you know, in between songs. Uh, with the exception of Eruption. But, uh, you know, these little instrumental ditties, for the most part, I couldn't give a shit about. So I don't even know. I don't even know (laughs) this. uh, You can't even call it a song. I don't know this little instrumental ditty. I just go right into the next song. Boy, Ron, song.
0: it sounds like you got the Drunken Man blues right now. What are you drinking? <laughs> oh, man, wait till this episode comes out. He's going to get kicked off of, like, four different Wild Side pages for saying that. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to – he's not going to get to go to the Wild Side Christmas party. Hey, he's really going
1: to have the Drunken Man blues. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, you know, I was dying laughing when I heard this because I knew exactly what yeah, Ralph was going to say. I've got it you know, this the Cinderella, the Blues. I actually, I I don't mind it, but it you know it doesn't deserve to be its own thing. Like I feel with so many intros, you know, just just consider it part of how many lies. And uh, you know, it it would have been fine. I don't I don't mind it. Doesn't bother me, but I see it for what it is. But then it does go into the next song, How Many Lies. And you know, at first I'm like ah. Oh fuck not another ballad. Jesus Christ wasn't that first one bad enough but then when this one is everybody okay uh, Yeah, it sounds like Ron's doing coke over there yeah <laughs> right Ron, on right Ron. on Ron rocking the bumps yeah, <laughs> yeah we know what the rock and rock and yeah, exactly means. he's cutting up that rock <laughs> yeah he is <laughs> either either that or he's still crying over just another night Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, How Many Lies Yeah, I thought it was going to be a shitty ballad Turned out to be a kick-ass rocker, man This one is tied for my favorite I really dug this And I gotta say uh, Check out Go to Decimal Geek TV You know, because we haven't mentioned Decimal Geek enough on this episode Uh, Go to Decimal Geek TV on uh, YouTube and check out Ron's video for this uh, before he dies, because yeah, it sounds know, like he's right? dying. Yeah. Yep. are you taking a shit at the same time you're? Are you, are you, are you are
1: you like putting on your oxygen mask? What the fuck's going on over there?
0: <laughs> Get out of the iron lung! Let's party! Oh my god! Uh, but uh, yeah, how many lies I think he kicks ass, man. I really dig this song. Very catchy. And this is one I think could have been a real big hit if it was released, uh, you know, two to three years earlier. Uh, I, I think it's awesome. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Uh, this song, to me, is good and bad at the same time. You know, I like where it goes after the halfway mark, but till then, it's another one of those, my girl is so bad, she cheated on me, boo-hoo. And, you know, it also <laughs> sounds a bit like Uncle Tom's Cabin by Warrant, like it's the only Warren song I like. Right. It does have that vibe. So you know, half good, half bad. That's that's how I'll say this. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Jack Daniels and uh, uh, whatever the fuck Ron's drinking over there.
2: Jaeger <laughs> and Red Bull, motherfucker. Uh,
1: well, Ron, what do you think of it how many lies? Did you delete this one too, since you hate this band so much?
2: <laughs> nah, this this one, I got the story to tell. That, uh, as I said earlier, when the album first come out, I was going through a divorce. And, uh, then a couple of years later, after I listened to this many, many times and was one of my favorite albums and this song here, when I was going through my second divorce, Oh shit. <laughs> My uh, my ex-wife was stupid enough to uh, tell me that she cheated on me a bunch of times and felt guilty about it, so she sent me a list of all the guys that she oh, had cheated on. Oh my with. god,
1: she's fucking perfect. You got her number? <laughs> got her? I would love to I meet hope- that whore. I love chicks like that. I hope she didn't spell my name right. Man, maybe I have her. No, maybe I do know her.
2: I, I do I do believe
1: God <laughs> shit.
2: I can't remember all because it was about a page Man, long. My
1: type of oh girl. good Lord. And uh you, you were lucky. Why'd you leave her?
2: So So then on top of that, she turns around and wants me to make a mixtape for her. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'd do it. And
0: I gotta yeah. read this
2: note. I'll tell you for for the uh, one or two women that actually listen to your podcast, do not ever ever ask your ex for a mixtape.
0: Did Did you give her a Sammy
2: Hagar tape just to be a dick? <laughs> no, no Sammy Hagar. But the the first song I thought of was this one right here. How many lies? And it was the first song I put on the album or on the mixtape. Because, uh, especially for the line of a cheap little sleaze always down on yeah. your knees.
1: Hell yeah, my type of woman. Mm. I wouldn't marry her though, because I'm not an idiot like you and Ian. See?
2: I should have been more into video at the time, you know, yeah. The, the
1: thing is that, you know, all three of us would be divorced if I was stupid like you guys and got married when I was younger. Did you? And you got married again, huh, Ron?
0: <laughs> yes, I did. Well, you know what? What can you expect? You, fo-
2: yeah, I didn't learn it
0: well. What do you think about the next one? Here, uh, the, the dog.
1: dog. You know, ca- carbon copy of so many bands at the time. Uh, I do think, uh, you know, it does have some cool hooks, uh, but the rest is just, you know, the same old, same old. You know, uh, you know, I- I'm kind of like, who is this? Great White? Is it Slaughter? Is it Shark Island? Uh, you know, I don't know who the you know. There's so many bands that sounded like this at the time that uh, you know, and 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 I've said it a billion times, you know, that I don't like music like this. But you know, I I, I really like some of their music so far. But yeah, not my bag. How about you, Ian? Hair of the dog.
0: Uh, I, I think it's a fun rocker. It, you know, it, it, there's nothing uh, no brain surgery here. Uh, nothing okay. you know new. But uh, it's it's a good album track, you know. It's just good rock and shit. I mean, I'll take it over a fucking ballad, that's for sure. Um, and it does nothing that totally offends me. So I give this one a pass, not a standout, but uh, these. Tracks... How
1: about you, Ron? I mean, I'm sure you like it too, because you're an idiot like uh, Ian. You got married.
2: Uh, I I pretty much agree with Ian on this one. I I like it. It's not a standout to me, but it's still a good rocker and it's about drinking and it makes me want to drink.
1: Makes me want to drink too. for different reasons.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, Ron, let's take
2: the next one. Heart and soul. Oh boy. Well, let's say on this one that it's not a ballad. So I thought it would be a ballad. And, uh, This is actually a song that I did pitch to Chris Sinzak. uh, Never heard of her. Long time ago. And when they were doing uh, a heart episode of songs that had heart in it. And uh, I pitched this to him and he actually played it on the podcast. So I was pretty happy about that. And. And that was actually just just days before they announced that they were reuniting for this Denver show. Just one show? But uh, uh, Yeah, it was just the one show at the time. I think uh, they played here in Denver again about a year later, and they played a couple of shows, I think, in Salt Lake City.
0: Yeah, both sold
1: wow. out. I didn't know yeah. they had a phone booth still there.
2: <laughs> but yeah, other than that, they haven't done anything, and and I'll go into that uh, at the end here of, of what everybody's doing now. Right but back, back to Hair of the Dog. No, know, Heart I, and Soul. I, We're on Heart and Soul. Oh, heart. heart and Soul. That's right. I do like it. I, I like the lyrics and, uh, you know, break my heart, rape my soul. As I said, I was angry at the time, and uh, you know these kind of angry, cheating, fucking around on me kind of songs fit for the time.
0: Yeah, you were listening to this, and your wife was listening to me, so horny.
2: <laughs> and she was listening to push it, push yeah, it, good.
0: Dick's pushing
2: into her ears.
1: <laughs> What do you think I heard uh, so open in line when I was a young boy my mama said watch out <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did she
1: also tell you you can't go to the show no way son, no, uh-uh, <laughs> N-O.
2: Well, no Come on that was Paul Stanley move that's on
1: Brett Michaels, dude. Hey, man, that's sad that I know more hairband than you Jesus
2: when when mama sat me on her knee
1: what the fuck? <laughs> that, let that be a lesson, everybody. Don't mix Red Bull with alcohol. All right. Well, let me keep going. You know. That being said, this song is uh pretty good, regardless. You know, it's got uh, a good uh, you know thick sound. Uh, the middle section uh, when they slow down the chorus brings this salt, bring this song to a screeching halt. But once they get back on course, I think it's a pretty damn good rocker. What do you think, Ian?
0: Uh, I wrote the notes man this one just made me smile and you know I'm laughing I I, I sent it to you Ralph and I listened to it and uh, I was like wow you know this ain't too bad and then when I finally talked to you about it you know you were kind of laughing it's not as bad as I thought (laughs) it was going to be and uh, this prime example man just a good rocker again not one of the standout tracks but definitely a decent track and uh A hell of a lot better than the steaming piece of shit that's coming next. (laughs) Oh, good lord. Another ballad. Really? Really? Good lord, stop already. Kiss us love. You know, he says, oh, it's hard to kiss us love goodbye, but it's real easy to skip this fucking song. Uh, Oh, man. It's this fucking terrible. I thought the first, uh, like, full-blown one had uh, just another night. You all right there, Ron? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought the first one was bad, but holy <laughs> shit. This one really, really fucking sucks. Ron, tell me. Tell me you don't like this one. Come on.
2: All right. I'll tell you. Did, did I say Looks Like Love was the worst song? Uh,
0: yeah. 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 Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, because I'll take that back.
0: <laughs> I love how Ron's prepared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, when I'm I, glad when you I... take this show as seriously <laughs> yeah. as we do. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't count on our
1: Rock and Metal Combat Podcast TV, uh, Ian. This guy just don't give a fuck about this. Yes. <laughs> That's why if it, when he when he does Decimal Geek you can bet your ass he ain't fucking getting next to the microphone snorting all those rocks like he's doing now.
0: Yeah, that's quality even though it's on basic cable but we're just a basic yeah. bitch I guess. You know,
1: it's, it's that Ron's just into people that you can't pronounce their last names.
0: <laughs> Ron's like, I don't give a fuck. This is Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. There ain't yeah. nobody listening. They're only the podcast king.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm not yeah. worried. <laughs>
0: But, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you don't have love for this one, Ron. That's oh, a- those
2: were all fucking robots, and you know it.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, on every on every podcast, by the way.
2: There was no way you beat Decibel Geek. Okay. Oh, oh Lord. Boy. here we go. Yeah. Fanboy.
1: <laughs> Fanboy alert. Uh, Yeah, well, well, Ron, did we get robots to raise more money on Decibel Geek 2 at Nashville? Thank you very much. Good one, Ralph. Thank you, Ian. I was smoking <laughs> you, know, you know you're know, you on fucking heavy blow If you think we had robots win for us Anyway uh, You know finish this fucking laughable track
2: Anyway I'm just Trying to start a fucking war with you guys Cause Andrew Jacobs got a hell of a lot Of airtime, and You don't talk shit about me well, So I'm gonna
1: start writing songs today bro
2: And
1: it's all gonna be About your first wife Oh, wife. How many times have you been married, dude?
2: Both, both of them.
1: Oh my god, oh. I want to have a three-way with both your whore ex-wives.
2: And if you're going to write a song, you can title it This Piece of Shit. Kiss This Love Goodbye. Yeah.
1: But it will be about you, <laughs> not your wives. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you done talking oh, about Lord. this shit?
2: Nah, this, this one is a throwaway. It's It's Definitely the sappy ballad of the the album, and yeah, this is this is the worst one on the album for me. Well,
1: uh, a lot of people don't know this about this song, but the singer wrote this song because he got he would get very depressed when the, when his girl would leave him and go back to his husband her husband Ron. <laughs> 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 you know, didn't Tough have a song called this too? I think they did. <laughs>
0: uh, no, uh, La Guns did, but it wasn't okay. a ballad. Uh, or no, it's "Kiss My Love
2: Goodbye." It wasn't right. Kiss this? Well, I, I actually I don't have the notes, but I do know that there was a tough song that uh, mentioned Lucy in the in the song. The wife. And I. I don't remember what it was now, but, but I do know when uh, Decibel Geek talked to Stevie Rochelle, he uh, he said that he was hearing they were recording at the same time that Wildside was, and they're good friends, and uh, they heard the song "Hang On, Lucy," and they. Stole that from him.
1: I bet when he heard it, he was uh, Stevie Rochelle was on the floor naked with a towel over his genitals. (laughs) You ever seen that picture, Ron?
2: Yeah, I think I think there's pictures out there. Yeah,
1: That picture something else already. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's another shitty ballet.
2: and you got it on your wall.
1: Uh, No, no, Ron, actually, I'm I'm into
0: whores like your ex (laughs) wives. He's got pictures of robots fucking your. The ones that voted for us and donated to the Rock and Pod Expo.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a sloppy ballad, and you know, uh, you know, see what I said about just another night. It's the same shit, same smell uh, of shit. And I'll be honest, I, I went to the next song after the second verse because I didn't even finish this one. It's safe to say this song did not stray from the crybaby shit. Can you guys confirm this? Yeah, 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 I figured. You know, there's no way <laughs> yeah. this shit's gonna turn into stargazer, you know. So
0: uh... it <laughs> is. This is Gazer.
1: <laughs> oh man! All right, I'll take the last one. Clock strikes. Eh, it's okay, I guess. I'm just burnt out at this point with this carbon copy of all these songs that you know. This band is as original as Greta Van Fleet at this point. All right, that's what I think of this one. How about you, uh, Ron?
2: Man, you guys are killing me now. I should have known better.
1: You wanted wanted (laughs) the war. You got
2: it. Oh, sorry. Clock strikes. That's my second favorite song after "Lad and Sin." I think this song's awesome. I love the chorus. I love the the wrist on it. I love your ex wife's mouth. (laughs) <laughs> alright let's get away from the combat part of this and get all back right, to the rock right. and metal I see, okay. I
1: Ron. put up the white flag war's over okay we're good alright Ian how about you
2: damn I quit yeah. too easy
0: yeah. speaking of easy yeah, ex-wife. I'm going to leave your ex-wife <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought this was cock strikes uh, clock strikes I gotta go with Ryan on this one, man. I love this song. Well, fucking you both song. got married and
1: divorced. Come on.
0: And uh, and I wish I wish they would have left that uh, "Kiss Your Love" shit off of there, and go from heart and soul to this one. I think it would have been a great way uh, to end the album. I mean, it's still a great song to end it, uh, but you know, get rid of that other shitty ballad. We'll get rid of other. Well, spoiler: alert, I'm gonna keep this on my phone in my playlist. Minus Just Another Night and Kiss This Love because I dig this shit and I really do dig uh, Clock Strikes. I agree with Ron there, man. It's a good rocker. Great way to end it. Yeah. All right. Well, that concludes our review for Wild Side. Uh, came out in 92, uh, produced by Andy Johns and this album did go Cubic zirconia. Yeah. Yeah, hey, it passed my it passed uh, board. There you go. But now it's not over yet because Ron has some information on what the band is up to now. So Ron, when you're done doing your next line, uh, <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. There you go. Get that freeze. Get that, that, that freeze. Oh, that's a that drip going down. Woo. Oh, that's the best part. Oh
1: yeah. Boom. Hey. how much coffee sucks for that fucking eight
0: ball. <laughs> oh oh, oh wait, wait! I'm sorry. Man. I thought the, I, I forgot the war's over. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Ron, it up again, man. Uh, what are these guys up to now? They're up. They're up. Uh, his ex-wife's out. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: wow. right. Well, as I said, uh, pretty much the only one that stayed in the business was Brent Woods, and. uh he was with numerous bands and now with sebastian bach and uh they did do the couple of shows reunion thing uh but other than that pretty much everybody got out of the music business did their own thing and uh drew actually just moved to nashville and uh we did have an interview with him on the uh the new Decibel Geek TV video podcast, which I haven't gotten a plug. Is which that with is the
0: Kuhn Brothers?
2: The Kuhn Brothers Rockcast.
0: Right cast.
2: on. I think it was our uh, first episode, and we put on. We uh, interviewed him at Rockin Pod.
0: Oh, he was uh, at Rockin Pod. Shit.
2: Yeah, I I talked him into going to Rockin Pod because he had just moved to Nashville. But he didn't want to be put on as a guest or anything. He wanted to check it out and see what it because he didn't know what the hell a rock and pod was.
0: Well, if he didn't want anybody to know who he was, you should have just <laughs> announce
2: it as the lead singer from
0: Wildside. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I like this guy. No, I'd like to meet him. I hope he comes to the next one.
2: No, he is a great guy and and if you watch that interview. Uh, what he did, he did tell us what he's been up to for the past 20 uh, some years since Wildside broke up which uh, was pretty amazing to me that uh, Drew has actually been in the porn business for the past with 20 years and yeah with my <laughs> ex-wives
0: uh, I, would, I, would, I would say I recognize them but I would watch straight porn
2: I uh, know I'm a brood and when my wife, now, when I said that he was in the porn business, you should have seen her light, her eyes light up. <laughs> but actually, behind the camera. Oh, he's uh, a pupper? He, <laughs> no, that's my job. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, you know damn well, Ian. You know when you was in that dress. <laughs> I made the yeah. offer to you many times. Who am I to deny no, but he got uh, he got in the video editing and production, and uh, actually hooked up with the the one and only legendary Larry Flint oh, of wow. uh, Hustler Video. Nice. And uh, he was producing porn videos for the past twenty years or something with uh, not only Hustler but Penthouse and. And that's so Pretty much anything you uh, you spank off to there, Ralph, has probably been produced by uh, this guy. No doubt.
0: And he, he's still he's still doing it, or he's out of it now.
2: Uh, actually, I think he is still doing it. Nice. But on a on a limited basis because uh, he's moved to Nashville now, and he it doesn't look like. Wildside is gonna be getting back together uh you know anytime soon or or they have any plans to do any more shows or any of that. Uh Drew is actually looking to put together a band uh out in Nashville, and that's kind of one of the reasons that he, he moved out there. And he was introduced to Michael Wagner while he was at Rock and Pod, which he was pretty happy about, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe something will come of that, but then... Uh,
0: and if it doesn't work out, you know, he can do all that brother-sister porn they got oh, in yeah. Nashville. That's my <laughs> yeah. Keep it in the family.
2: Yeah, family strokes. And actually, uh, J- Jimmy Darby, the drum drummer, he's uh, out in Nashville as well. He moved out there first before before Drew, so they may do something together. And like a porn uh, movie? <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, Drew, Drew might Yeehaw. produce it.
1: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, right, some huh? fucking semen from his balls.
0: What about the bass
2: player? The bass player, Mark Simon, is still still out in L.A. Player. I believe he's in in uh, real estate, something like that. But. They're all doing well for themselves, and except for Benny. How's
1: the 18-year-old going to get into porn business?
2: <laughs> well, the 18-year-old is... Uh, she's got quite a bit of followers and like shit on, uh, on Facebook. Lexi Lynn Frazier. Uh, she's already got a porn yeah. name. And she is a hell of a guitarist. And, uh, sure. you know... Doing doing pretty good for herself, and and luckily seems to be sticking to the uh, the hard rock and not going going so much pop as these kids do nowadays. Yeah,
1: good, good for her. That, you know, with, with all due respect, you know, uh, a pretty girl playing like hard rock—that's awesome, rare. You know. Yeah.
0: Hell yeah.
1: Well, Hell according yeah. according to age, she's pretty. I haven't seen her yet.
0: Oh, no, dude, she's gorgeous. She's, I, I feel, i feel like, sick now knowing that she was, like, 16. But she's very pretty, but a talented guitar player. I mean, uh, go check out, uh, what's the name of that show, Decibel Geek? Check that shit out on YouTube. Uh, it's cool shit. Did a good job, Ron.
2: Decibel Geek TV. Ask for it by At name. And we also have a Facebook page now.
0: Right? Yeah, I am a member. Yes, I'm a you member. Are- I love all things desperately. Me geek. too.
1: Don't tell anybody, but I am oh. a hooger <laughs>
2: Yeah. I, I figured you was, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm the muggerfucker. You're the motherfucker. <laughs> oh yeah. That's
2: it. You're the Morris buttermaker. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs>
0: robot motor <laughs> Morris Buttermaker. <right> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, there you go. That was awesome. I tell you what, man, it turned out a lot better than I thought it would. Uh, so thank you, Ron, man. Uh, uh, it
2: didn't turn out better for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. All right. Well, now it's time to go into Pick of the Week. And since you're our special guest, Ron, what is your and Pick And not of that week?
1: cocaine. We're talking about music.
2: Yeah, yeah. Put the blow yeah. down for a second and talk to him. All right. My Pick of the Week, I'm going to go with... Uh, with the other album that Wildside came out with, the Wasted Years, right on. Uh, it was technically more of a EP because there was only about four or five different songs, but I think those songs are kick ass as well. You got uh, Easy as One, Two, Three, uh, Sweet Little Sinner, Dance Swing. <laughs>
1: What else? Name the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Easy as one, two, three.
0: <laughs> Lickety Splits.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. All right.
2: All right. All right. My, my fucking pick of the week is Decibel Geek all TV. Ah, right. oh, there you go. Hey, that's guy. You got to nice. go to Decibel Geek TV on YouTube and... Check out the new podcast, video podcast that I'm producing with the Kuhn brothers. It's going along pretty good right now. We're, uh, we just put out our, uh, 14th episode on that. And of course I got, you know, the video episodes of, of Decibel Geek Podcast and of course thousands of, of, uh, live videos from all over the world, Sweden, Rock, Oklahoma, uh, you know, all over the place.
0: Well, hell yeah! I encourage all our listeners uh, check out the Wasted Years EP and, and check out Decibel Geek TV. Awesome job producing! Check out uh, you know lead singer from Wild Side produced some great videos with his yeah, ex-wife. I gotta feed that, uh, that shit. Man. <laughs> you that with out. my
2: ex-wife, yeah, you know.
0: right. <laughs> All right, well, Ralph, what is your pick of the week? Uh, I don't have one. Go ahead. All right, my pick of the week. you know, we're gonna stick within the cock rock genre, uh, if you will. And I believe I picked this on before, but I keep wanting to spread the word in case somebody hasn't heard it yet. Uh, check out the 1989 debut from Dangerous Toys. <laughs> and uh, the reason I picked that, like I said, I, I feel the singer's voice is, you know. A little bit more manly than Mark Slaughter, but not as gruff as Jason McMaster, who, uh, if you don't know, Jason McMaster left a thrash band in Texas called Watchtower uh, to join Dangerous Toys, and I, I think it's just a standout album in, in the cock rock genre, because yeah, there's a lot of shit that wasn't that good, but I think that album stands up uh, as a whole. You know, some of these cock rock bands had a few songs here and there, Did you save a line for me, Ron. I now, look. that's the one
2: that had, yeah. had "Sportin' a Woody. Yeah, Sporting a Woody. Of course, yeah, you, you want to laugh at song titles, but I love that fucking song. Yeah.
0: Uh, but it's got Scared on there, uh, Teasing and Pleasing, and uh, Feels Like a Hammer. I mean, there's some great shit on there. Uh, I know we got a lot of people on the Facebook page that know that album and love it. And I saw there was a couple people who said, I never got around to checking that out. Well, that's why I'm reminding you, go and check that one out. The self-titled debut from Dangerous Toys. Uh, And they've got like five or six albums. I remember I bought the second one, Hellacious Acres. And aside from a few songs, I didn't think it was near as good as the debut. And they really kind of disappeared after that one. They put out some stuff independently, uh, which I have, but I never got around to listening to. And they reunite once a year and I believe Austin and they always play a gig every year uh but other than that Jason McMaster also has a band called Broken Teeth that uh is much more you know harder metal you know than Dangerous Toys but uh shit check all that shit out somebody got a bump god damn why am I the only motherfucker hey, with no I don't cocaine I no cocaine here oh, okay bye um uh, All right,
1: Uh, Ralph, do you have a pick of the week? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm going to keep it cock-rock, even though this ain't a cock-rock album. But he was in a cock-rock band. Well, actually, the first album was cock-rock. I think they got much heavier later. But I'm going to go with the very first solo album, studio solo album, from Sebastian Bach, called Angel Down. And uh, produced by Roy Z. It's got that Hallford vibe, or, you know, that... Bruce Dickinson accident at birth uh you know type vibe right uh, very metallic and uh I think it's a really cool album you know Axel Rose is on it and
2: uh uh, is on uh
1: I don't know dude I really don't know no not on yeah, that it's, one it's his first not on one that. but uh it's a great album man it's very heavy and uh, I like American Metalhead I like uh Stuck on You I think it's called uh, yeah, I gotta listen. I haven't heard it in a while, but I, you know, I was looking at my CDs over here. And I was like, "All right, you know, I wanna, I wanna be like the two like the idiots that got married before and uh,
0: and, and divorced." Hey, get the <laughs> Japanese edition. Japanese edition has uh, a wild side cover called "Look at His I was hoping they'd do that <laughs> one, two, three song.
1: <laughs> what was the name of that song? Again? Show. Ready to go,
0: one, two, three. Was that it? <laughs> Easy as 1, Easy as two, three.
1: 1, two, three. Dude, even Nikki Sticks laughed at that one.
2: Anyway, yeah, that's my pick of the week. Age. Again, again talking about my ex-wife. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Easy yeah. as one, yeah, two, 1, 2, 3. 3,
0: cock slapping her face. <laughs> hey, I know a couple of guys who fucked her, and they couldn't yeah. count. <laughs> I wonder if I did. She's easier
2: <laughs> Funny little side story talking about Sebastian Bach, though, when I... When I told you guys that Brent Woods called me at work, uh, when he was talking to me about all these comments that Benny Rindance made, all of a sudden I hear a, a voice in the background that was recognizable that said, uh, I just heard him say, hey, did you? is that the uh, Decibel Geek guy? I want to meet that guy. And uh, then the phone went silent for a little bit and come back. And all of a sudden, Brent says, Sebastian wants to meet you. And scared the holy shit out of me. Uh,
1: he's awesome, though. To meet, I met him. He's a, he's a really cool guy.
2: I, I still have not met him. He he intimidates the fuck out well, I mean, of me. I mean, I, I realize
1: uh, he's a prick by the stories I've heard about... You know band members in the business all that shit but to the fans he's super cool
2: well apparently decibel geek doesn't have a good uh good uh vibrations with well, him you know
1: i mean because of, picks on of doing Nixon. the
2: uh, well because they did the they talked to the uh producer michael wagner that oh, yeah. uh that did uh
0: I heard that albums
2: unleashed. Yeah, uh, the first, yeah a the, couple of, albums the first unleashed.
1: Oh, Sebastian didn't like something said on it. I
2: what? think I think the first one on Dog Eat Dog maybe. Uh, that, uh that's Warren. Uh, yeah. Man, Dude, Do another that, that, fucking right. line. That blows. Right. Awesome. I need another line. I need some more Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Please, a little more Jaeger, a
0: little less Yayo. I need. <laughs> hey Manny, get the Yayo. All
2: right, slave to the grind. the uh, it, uh Michael Wagner just just said that, that he was not easy to work with, or something or other. But he uh, wasn't,
0: uh, <laughs> wasn't easy as one,
2: two, three. He wasn't as easy, as <laughs> easy as one, two, three. wasn't as easy as my ex wives were.
1: Easy
2: as one, two, three. Ah shit! Well, that
0: just reminds me. Now, how we got to get into fan of the week and fan of the week, of course, is here—the great Rock and Ron. Can we just Runyon. skip him and say uh, fan of the
1: week is Decimal Geek? I think Ron oh would yeah, like. Yeah, you're that. just saying
0: that because I'm fucking I think here. Ron
1: would like that.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, I love Ron too, man. And I, I got to tell the story about uh, the first Rock and Pot Expo when your plane was delayed, so you got there late. You didn't go to the uh, the Friday night show and I get there and I, I met Ron because uh, Ron was with uh, Chris Inzak when they picked me up from the airport are you talking
2: and, about the first rock and
0: yeah the first yeah. rock and pot and uh, Ron and Chris picked me up at the airport and then we went, went back to the hotel and then Scott Stein the great yeah. VIP took me to the Friday night concert well when we get there a podcaster who will remain nameless uh got me high as a fucking kite at this bar. In the background, they had like a courtyard Ken area. Mills. And, and yeah, Ken Mills. For all intents and purposes,
2: we'll say Ken Mills. Uh, it wasn't me, because I don't share my Ken shit. Ken Mills, the pot father. <laughs> yeah, I, I can hear that you don't share shit.
0: I, I don't hear your wife coming up and getting a line. That's all uh, it's you. Like, it
1: kind of sounds uh, like he's out, doesn't it,
0: Ian? I think he's done. <laughs> he finished all that blow. But, uh, yeah, he's going for that drip. But uh, we get there, and I'm the Ayatollah Alcohola. I'm not like, you know, the baron of weed. Uh, I'm not a professional smoker anymore. And I just got lit up, man. I started getting all fucking, like, paranoid and shit. I told Scott, like, man, maybe I, maybe I should have smoked that weed. I'm like, let, let, let's go sit down over here. Like, get away from people. <laughs> and then I look up and hear his fucking Ron... It it looked like he scaled a building and he's videotaping everything. (laughs) He looked like Spider-Man on this. I don't know what the fuck he was standing on, but there's, like, this whole fence around the courtyard, but he's, like, you can... You can't see his feet, but you can see everything else. And he's just videotaping And At first, I was like, am I high as a kiner? Is there a man up there videotaping <laughs> And luckily, Scott told me it was Ron. And uh, man, and we became good friends with you through the course of the weekend and had a great time with you uh, at Pod and Pod 2. And it meant a lot to me. I couldn't believe that you donated to our show and not decimal Geek. But I, I get it, you know. I get it, and uh, you chose wisely, because we'll let you on the show. How many times have you been on Decibel Geek? Zero. Oh, see, they this need to is... show you all, all the shit you do. They need to give you some love.
2: You're rocking everything rockin everything I've Everything I've done, it's all been behind the scenes, uh, which is the way I like it, because I do not have a face for video. And, and behind
0: the scene is where the blow as, is. As you know...
2: As you know, I don't have a voice for radio either.
0: Yeah, but other than that, you're terrible. (laughs) But not seriously, dude. I Love you, and it meant a lot that uh, you donated. I thought that was so awesome, and uh, man, this turned out great, dude. It's it's a
2: pleasure. I did get a I did get approval from the boss first.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Wait, wow. Is that number three or Chris Sinzak? Who are we talking about here? <laughs> His ex-wife. <laughs> I, I love, though, when he donated. He put, sorry, Chris, but I donated to the Rock and Podic. <laughs> that's
2: uh, why, I told you I had to get approval from the boss first. Hey,
0: hey, you know what? It all goes to the same place, man. And that's what a lot of these other <laughs> asshole shows don't understand. All the money that we raise, it all goes to the common good. Uh, so anything that's raised through any podcast, man, it all goes to the same pot. Uh, and I appreciate what you did, man. And uh, we appreciate your friendship. What do you mean, we? we've had a lot of fun. Okay. Uh,
2: yeah, fuck you, Ralph. That's, <laughs> that's, the, way I, I,
0: that's okay. the way I look You're at here, it. it paid. I love place. you,
1: Ron. You know I do. Ron, you know, I yeah. got to bring this up. Ron was the one that picked me up at the airport, and uh, I'm very grateful for that, bro. I mean, Ron's a good guy. Uh, but we're gonna go back to like calling him a yeah. back now. I just had a. I just
2: had. Yeah, a... you showed how grateful you was in the terminal there. I appreciate <laughs> what that. What did I do? Oh yeah, that's
1: right. You, you noticed no teeth. You didn't felt no teeth. I'm good. <laughs> pick him up. Pick him up
0: from the airport is easy as. Yeah, I'll give you three. a little reminder <laughs> of that
1: day. Remember this sound, Ron. <laughs> I always make that sound when I get throw fucked. Sound like Donald Duck and shit. I got it on video, yeah. man.
2: I got, you, know, you know where I get, I get everything on video. I got video. a
1: different video where I learned that
0: technique
2: from your ex-wife.
0: Coming soon to Decimal Gig TV.
2: Yeah. I've seen that video, too.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Ron, man. We had a great time. And uh, now we go to the plugs. Greetings, troubled nation, and welcome to the Troubled Men podcast. I'm Renee Komen. and every week I sit down with my co-host Manny Chevrolet in New Orleans' notorious Ring Room to discuss good times and air grievances over cocktails. You're no, here. I'm here for the free drinks. You're here <laughs> for the free drinks. Yeah, we are the Troubled Men for troubled times. Uh, yeah, it was all right. Those poppers worked. <laughs> this is the Troubled Men podcast. Join us, won't you? Yeah, come for the oysters, stay for the white privilege. Find us on Apple Podcasts and all social media. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully, gulllyandjo dot U K. 8 p.m. U.K. time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a -A 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 cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I... Look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a
1: great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on
0: on YouTube. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Viera Vault. featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the Vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Viera Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn
2: it. Tired of your long commute and
0: boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean, at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com From New York.
2: Hey, 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 hey.
0: What up, bangers? From North Carolina. Skitter pal meow meow. This is Bushy and the Mountain Man. Tune in every week for your listening pleasure only on The Plug with Bushy and the Mountain Man. You can find us on Hotbean and iTunes. Thank you very much. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... Then you'll love us. That's right, brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll, and it's always free. This is Ian Wadley, Wadzilla from Wadzilla's World. Do you want to hear the greatest, most eclectic show on the internet? Show up for the best in hard rock, heavy metal, classic rock, funk, soul, and anything else i deem necessary wadzilla world only on cranium radio 10 a.m central standard time to 3 p.m central standard time be here or be a bitch
1: hey there it's dr. fuck giving you the dr. fuck show id that's right the dr. fuck show airing here every thursday night at 8 p.m eastern time Come in and join the chat room. It's always a great, crazy time. That's right. I've been doing this for years on that metal station. And you will love it. Nobody hates the Dr. Fuck Show. And what I mean by that is if you hate the Dr. Fuck Show, you're a nobody.
0: All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode as much as you probably enjoyed Ron's second wife, come back next week when we finally get around to doing our Deep Purple Machine Head episode. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
1: Ron's ex-wife's a whore.